Good morning, everyone. And good morning to the people that are watching online as well. So um, for those of us that are here, uh, there's attendance pads at the end of your pew. Would you please sign in? Let people know that you're here. And if there's not an attendance pad, just pretend there is one. All right, so um, one of the things we're asking for is uh, greeters for this service. 
So I don't know if you've noticed, but y'all come in like two minutes before the service starts. But so like if we had a visitor that comes in 10 minutes early, it's just the praise band and the visitor, right? So how cool would it be if some of you signed up to come like 10 minutes early and greet at the doors? And if you want to do that, you can see Susan Swan after the service. Susan, raise your hands. They know who you are. You can see her and say, we want to greet. We want to greet. And, And you don't have to do it every week. You can be on a rotation. So December 4th. The youth and kids sat at a table, and I think we packed about 6,000 cranberry sauce things for their to-go meal. So it was great, and then none of us ate cranberry sauce at Thanksgiving, all right? So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Loving God, we are so thankful that we can come together and worship today. We pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. And before you stand and worship with us, we have our Advent readers, our Advent family, if they will come forward. darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Let us pray. Dear Jesus, you are the hope in our messy world. This Advent, help us to slow down, to listen to your voice, and focus on what's really important. We place our hope in you as we prepare our hearts to celebrate your birth on Christmas. Amen.
good morning and happy Advent season that is here with us. Uh, we have a new song this morning to start out our Advent season. Uh, I think you'll recognize a good portion of it as it takes off with, Oh, come let us adore him, or Oh, come all ye faithful. But uh, the rest of it I think you'll pick up on over the next couple of weeks. Would you stand and sing with us? Be 
to say good morning to you good morning to all of you who are worshiping with us by live stream today how many of you love christmas carols oh, that's one of my one we just sang is one of my favorite christmas carols on december the 8th pastor andy we're having cookies and carols here at church the what it's the 22nd you got it right and i got it wrong it's the 22nd it's the, right it's the thursday before oh my gosh it's the thursday before that was a test and andy passed 
I, I failed. But the 22nd, we're having cookies and carols. And we're having just hot chocolate and cookies in the Chestnut Lobby. And then we're coming in and singing a bunch of Christmas carols. It'll be great. So invite your friends to come. Uh, today, uh, the children are going to Children's Church with Miss Catherine. There they go. And we're going to celebrate all the good gifts that God has given to us by giving our tithes and offerings. Just a reminder, if you have not turned in your, uh, your estimate of giving card, it helps us so much in planning for the budget for 2023. Can't believe I'm saying 2023. So please do that. Pray about it and give generously. Let's pray. Lord, you gave everything for us, and that's what we celebrate at Christmas time. So help us to be cheerful and generous as we give of our lives and give of our tithes and offerings to you. Take it and use it to bless others. In Jesus' name, amen. She's calling out from a sea of hurt. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Then can you hear the angels singing glory to With the tears of a mother A baby's cry is the sound of love Come down, come down, Emmanuel He is the song for the suffering He is Messiah, the Prince of Peace Has come, He has come, Emmanuel
I just want to say a, a quick thank you to all the people that helped uh, prepare our sanctuary for the season of Advent. You know, last Sunday when we were here, none of this stuff was up, and um, it's sometimes you just need a, a strong back and a weak mind, and Pastor Andy and I uh, kind of helped Matthew Vance uh, pull, lug the stuff down from the attic, and then sometimes you need somebody that has a little bit of more finesse and ability to decorate, and then everybody else kind of did that. So thank you to everybody that made our beautiful sanctuary even more beautiful and got ready for Advent. The scripture today is Matthew chapter 24, verses 36 through 44. Hear the word of the Lord. But about that day and hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will the coming of the Son of, be the, son, the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away. So too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together. One will be taken. One will be left. Keep awake, therefore. For you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. Word of God for the people of God. Be, thanks be to God. Okay, let me see. A show of hands. Does anybody know how many shopping days there are left to Christmas? Anybody? 28. I counted them. Um, not that the retailers around us are going to let us forget that we have, you know, X number of shopping days left. And not just the retail stores, the brick and mortar stores, but you know what you can do? Did you know your phone listens to you? You could say something about wanting spicy eggnog and then on the way home you'll be scrolling through something and you'll see advertisements for spicy eggnog. It's kind of creepy a little bit. But everybody's reminding you, you have to get ready. You have to get ready. And it seems like every year the stores start telling you, get ready, get ready, sooner and sooner. It, it's just, it's, Halloween's not here yet, Pastor Andy, and they're telling us to get ready for Christmas. I'm like, can we not put the brakes on this, pump the brakes just a little bit? They just want to make sure that we're all ready for that big day, Right? And we spend a lot of time planning. Most of us spend a lot of time getting ready for Christmas. We got, we got to make the Christmas list. We got to get the kids to give us their Christmas list. We got to plan our family get-togethers. How are we going to get together with our family? How are we going to get together with the in-laws? How are we going to do this? Decorating and shopping. So much to do. Only so many days, right? Now, some of us complain about this, but deep down there's a part of us at least there's a part of me that really kind of likes the preparation part the getting ready part 
As a matter of fact, I am one of those people that kind of likes to plan, right? I kind of like to, it's kind of the way I'm wired. And in fact, some people might tell you I overthink things, right? I maybe overplan things, especially when I know something is coming. I know it's coming in advance. So I know when Christmas is coming, December 25th, that's easy, right? And it makes it convenient for a planner like myself. I know when the first Sunday of Advent is going to be. I got this calendar and it tells me the first Sunday of Advent is today. Okay? So we knew. We had to get all this stuff ready for today. Preparing, getting ready. The Advent word, the word Advent comes from a word that means coming. So we prepare for what we know is coming during this season before Christmas. I love all the things we do in the sanctuary. I mentioned it before, the preparation. The color purple, right? The color purple represents royalty because the king is coming. And sometimes blue is used, which represents anticipation and promise. We always use evergreens. We always use fir and pine and holly and, and even some magnolia leaves here. The evergreen reminds us of the everlasting life, the never-ending circle of the wreath. It's, I love the Advent wreath. It reminds us the love and the reign of the Messiah lasts forever and ever. We remember and we follow the centuries-old tradition of bringing light into worship. We always light our candles on our altar, but for Advent, we have a special Advent candle for each week that tells us that reminds us each week that today was the candle of hope and then we will have the candle of peace, the candle of joy, and the candle of love each week, anticipating, planning what's coming next. And then the Christ candle in the middle we light on Christmas Eve that reminds us that Christ, the light of the world, is coming into our dark world. The whole purpose of this season is to prepare our hearts for the coming of the light of Jesus, the light of the world. And so every week we're going to do a little bit of work. Every week we're going to do a little bit of planning. Every week we're going to listen to the call of the word that tells us. Like our scripture this morning reminds us that Advent is not just something uh, that, that happens right before Christmas, but it's bigger than that. It's deeper than that. Because the word for Advent, Adventus is the Latin word, it means coming. But when it's translated into the Greek New Testament, it's the same word that the New Testament church used for the second coming of Jesus. So Advent is bigger than just getting ready for Christmas. It reminds us to prepare for what we know is coming and to also prepare for what's unexpected, the second coming of Jesus. Okay. So how do you prepare for something that's unexpected, that you don't know when it's coming? That's a little bit harder than preparing for something that you know is coming. But you know, this is just how God works. Because God doesn't always make an appointment, right? Sometimes God just shows up. Jesus says it this way in verse 36 of the scripture that I read this morning. But of that day... An hour, no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. That means that when Jesus comes back, when the time is right, God is just going to show up. 
That's what happened the first Christmas morning, by the way. That's what happened, happens anytime Christ comes and shows up in our worship service or in our small groups. That's what happens when sometimes we're, maybe we're in a hospital waiting room and we feel the presence of God with us in a strong way. Or maybe it's in the middle of the night when we're just laying there and it's just us and then maybe we're crying and maybe we're upset and then we feel the strong presence of Christ. God just shows up. That's the way it's going to be at the second coming. So here we are in 2022 having to get ready for something that we know is coming on the December the 25th and then get ready for something that is unexpected, the second coming of Christ. This is the time we have to get ready. Jesus said in John 14, 3, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And then I'll come again and receive you to myself so that where I am there you may be also. Advent is a time, the first Sunday of Advent always reminds us to just stop and grab hold of the reality that Christ is coming again. He's coming again. And the big question is, how are we going to respond to that truth that Christ is coming again? I think there are different ways. There are three different ways that we might prepare for the coming of Christ, the unexpected times. The first way to prepare is what I call the NASA engineer approach. Any NASA engineers in here today? Okay, just making sure. Uh, you know, I, I've preached in Huntsville before, so I can't always say that there's not a NASA engineer in the room. I know a lot of NASA engineers. But that's not necessarily the way you want to prepare for the second coming. Uh, because here's what Jesus said, that day, that hour, nobody knows. But engineering is not a, well, we just don't know kind of thing. You have to work at it. You have to, you, you have to figure it out. And so there are people that take the NASA engineer approach when it comes to the second coming of Christ. They say, oh, nobody knows. Yeah, well, I'm going to get some insider information, right? I'm going to like read this book on Bible prophecy or something. I'm going to figure it out. And when I get it all worked out just right, then, then I'll have the answer, right? I'll have the answer. The year I graduated from uh, seminary in 1988, uh, a book came out. There, and I mean, there was a lot of buzz around this book. That it was written by a former NASA engineer named Edgar Wissenant. And the book was entitled, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Occur in 1988. Um, and being in seminary and, you know, talking about stuff like that, we were all over that. We were just like talking all up the storm about that. And so this guy, this NASA engineer, narrowed it down between not only just the year, but sometime between September the 11th and 13th of 1988. And, and he was wanting to get the word out. He mailed out 300,000 copies of his book free of charge to ministers across America. I didn't get one. I mean, maybe it was just because I was a student pastor or something. Um, but it was sold in books. 4.5 million copies of that book sold across the country in 1988. Now, here's how sure he was that his calculations were true. He said, only if the Bible is in error 
am I wrong? I would stake my life on this date in 1988. Did you know that book's out of print now? <laughs> Does that surprise you? Yeah, well, 1988 came and went, but he was undaunted. He wrote follow-up books predicting Jesus' return in 1989, 1993, 1994. Surprisingly, these didn't sell as well. Um, I don't say that to make fun of anybody. But I'm just saying there is a reason why the announcement of the birth came to shepherds and not NASA engineers. See, God likes to surprise us. God likes to surprise us. And you can't plan to be surprised, can you? All you can do is prepare to receive the surprise when it does come. And then enjoy it. So, the second way that you might respond to Christ coming again in unexpected times is what I call the um, Noah's Neighbors approach. The Noah's Neighbors approach. Jesus said, it's as the days of the Noah were, so will the days of the coming of the Son of Man be. As in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. And so will also the coming of the Son of Man be. How many of you get seemingly maybe a little extra busy this time of year? I do. I mean, you got some of y'all are honest enough to raise your hand. Some of you I don't know about, you know. But it is extra busy because you got your normal stuff and then you got all the extra stuff. Eating and drinking, oh my goodness, some of my favorite parts of this time of the year are the eating and drinking. We just have hot chocolate, we have cookies, and somebody's always bringing something by the office. We, have, uh, we cook all of these good meals. And then marrying and giving in marriage. Pastor Andy did a, a wedding recently for one of our, our church family uh, in the Botanical Gardens in Birmingham. And you know, you got to plan a lot of those things. Lots of work, lots of planning. Everywhere we go, busy, working. In Jesus' day, working in the field, grinding at the mill, people are busy. But here's the question. When Christ shows up, will we be too busy to notice? Back in 2007, the Washington Post did an experiment on a cold January morning in Washington, D.C., in a metro station, the Washington Post had this young man dressed in ripped blue jeans and a baseball cap and a jacket uh, show up in the metro station, take out his violin case and open his violin case and lay it on the uh, ground at his feet and then uh, start playing his violin to see how many people would stop and listen and the sound of the violin just filled the station for the next 45 minutes this man just played his heart out and there were cameras there noticing this this was kind of an experiment Washington Post was doing there's cameras passing by and 1097 people passed by this guy as he was playing uh, his violin and out of those 11 almost 1100 people that passed by only seven of them stopped to listen. 
another 20 people slowed down long enough to just drop donation in his violin case and go on. And what's interesting about this is the man's name was Josh Bell, one of the most famous violinists in the world. He played at Boston Symphony Hall like the week before and to a sold out, packed out audience where seats went hundreds of dollars a piece. The violin that Josh Bell was playing was a $3.5 million Stradivarius handcrafted in 1713. It was said to be one of the most beautiful sounding violins in the world, played by the one of the most world famous violinists who ever played. He still plays, listen to him sometime. But nobody would stop and listen. And the reason I'm telling you that is that 2,000 years ago, there was this baby born in Bethlehem. The king of kings and lord of lords was born in Bethlehem. And everybody was busy. You know, people were going. They had to go there for their census. And inns were full. And meals had to be cooked. And bills had to be paid. And watch, therefore, Jesus said. Watch. Because you never know. You never know when the Lord is going to show up. Don't be too busy to notice when God shows up. The third response, and I call this one the Boy Scout response. This is the Boy Scout approach. And by that, I mean, since we never know when God's going to come, we just choose to always be prepared. Boy Scout motto, right? Always be prepared. I think that's what Jesus meant in verse 44, he said, therefore, you also be ready. Just two little words. Just be ready. So you might be wondering if there's no way to know when Jesus is going to show up, then how do I just always be ready? Does that mean that I just, I don't know, dress up in a white robe and sit on a mountain and look up in the sky? Well, people have tried that before, you know. I don't recommend it. What does it mean to be ready? I think it means really two things. I think it means watching and working. During World War II, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was put in prison for taking a stand against Hitler. And even in prison... He was urging the Christian church to take a stand against the Nazis. There were some Christians and some churches that believed that Hitler was the Antichrist. And since they believed that Hitler was the Antichrist, they meant that Jesus was returning any day now. And so they went to Bonhoeffer in prison and they said, look, why are you putting yourself in danger to stand against the Nazis? Because Jesus is coming back any day now. And you're going through all of this suffering and you're going through all of this prison, all of this for nothing. And Bonhoeffer said this, and I want you to listen to this as we close. If Jesus returns tomorrow, then tomorrow I will rest from my labor. But today I have work to do. But today I have work to do. Until that hour comes... Let us watch and work until that hour comes.
Let us always be prepared. Let's pray. Lord, we are working hard to get ready for the things that we know are coming up because that's just common sense. But Lord, we're also trying to prepare for the unexpected for that day when you show up. And sometimes it's just in a simple way. It's, it's when you show up in the face of a stranger or you show up in uh, a time when we need you most in the deep dark of the night. Sometimes it's in a church service where something speaks to our heart in an unexpected way. But the day will come, Lord, when you will come back and receive us to yourself. Until that day comes, Lord, help us to watch and work and always be prepared. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand and worship?
grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen. <laughs>